disgusting sounds I can make with my mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome back to... Solid, solid minute of recording. <laughs> Welcome back to Radio Gripe. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Jen. Uh, hey, I'm Joe. And thank you for joining us this Sunday evening or whenever the hell you're listening. Sunday afternoon. Delight. And what a delight it is uh, to be here with you. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This is, this is our general discussion show where we uh, get into all kinds of conversations and uh, make sure that you don't hold a good old Black Sparrow radio responsible for any of that. You can get in touch with us at weirdtryingshow at gmail.com if you've got any kind of issues. So there's that. That's out of the way. It's important. Sometimes I we get like 10 minutes in before I even say that. Um, We've been getting some good feedback lately, and mm-hmm. I want to thank our listeners. You know who you are, uh, who are engaging with us. Um, mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. Uh, But I, I have yet to receive an ad hominem attack right. in an email, and um, I'm waiting for that. Um, apparently, we our community here at Black Sparrow Radio and our listenership lacks hostility. Yeah. Disproportionately low uh, quantity of hostility. Yeah. Um, it's surprising. It makes you uh, wonder about, you know, uh, I guess what what lies beneath all of that. Nah, good people, though. Um, I, I tend to think that uh, maybe the people that disagree with us the most just aren't listening. Most likely. Uh, they're, doing, they're doing the thing that any adult would do, and they ignore it, as opposed to uh, listening to it out of spite and, you know, and making making a big to do uh, just because they've got nothing else to do. I think we've, but I would still welcome some people like that at sure. this point. We've all, though, I mean, hate watched or hate listened to something because there is a little oh, yeah. bit of pleasure back that when, can uh, be found in irritation. Back when uh, Dr. And Laura was on. I used to listen. I used to hate listen to Dr. Laura. Yeah. I think uh, uh, maybe on the other side of the spectrum um nancy grace is extremely grating yeah um there's a lot of people that oh my gosh are you okay she's cool the daytime tv shows back in the day sally jesse Raphael, Raphael, uh, and uh, ronaldo rivera sally jesse donatello right yeah so i mean you know if you know somebody that's into that go ahead and share our show with them um, you know, word of mouth is one of the biggest ways that we uh, are able to promote the show. So we would appreciate it. I'm working <clears throat> on my unintentionally irritating mouth sounds, as you know. Coffee crew. Um, well, um, here's the thing. Nothing new in the mailbag. Just going to cut it. Just going to cut it right there. Okay. Say that. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into some of the format, as we call it. Jen. Yeah. What have you uh, been listening, learning watching feeling at the heart of your soul this last week i've been watching um a series of police interrogation videos on youtube Uh with the benefit of hindsight yeah i think these are i think these are pretty fascinating i don't think that you can always you know jump to conclusions and tell if someone is guilty or not uh, based on their reactions in that interrogation room but there are some things that we can learn and add to the toolbox. Right. Uh, there's a whole science behind interrogation. Um, if you watch enough videos with a, with a little bit of commentary, you can kind of figure out when an interrogation is successful 
and those times that it is not successful or when laws are being broken in the course of an interrogation. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, because you always have to do due diligence as well. I'd heard this terrible story that I think about. It was a kidnapping that occurred in California, uh, probably somewhere around Orange County. A, a real professional kind of hit job where these guys got in, pulled the couple out of bed, drugged them, realized that the girl wasn't who that they who they uh, were expecting, who they'd done some research on for blackmail purposes. Uh, they went ahead and kidnapped her. Uh, bad things end up happening, but uh, both people end up fine. They lived through this experience. But when engaging with the police, the police were very hostile mm. and didn't uh, decided immediately that the two had made it up for attention. As a result, it took a different cop to catch the kidnappers in a different situation in hmm. a nearby town. But part of what they didn't like, they found the story too outrageous and unbelievable. So they didn't right. want to pursue it by even checking the guy's email or doing, you know, checking the house for bugs, which it was bugged. And they didn't like the woman's calm demeanor. Hmm. They didn't like her calm demeanor. They would uh, expect her to be frantic, I guess. They were, yeah, they would have hoped that she would be hysterical, but that flat... They, they were hoping for that. That flat affect. Spice up the day a little bit. And her uh, intentionally trying to gather as much information as possible and stay calm, which keep in mind that they were both drugged with ketamine for like mm. the d- duration of this too. So right. that might have helped explain, you know, the lack of bruising and them putting up a fight during this, you know, kind of thing. Right. But, um, so yeah, you can't, you can't always judge. There was the dingo lady. Mm. Um, the the right. uh, consumers of media did not appreciate that she did not appear to have the amount of emotion uh, mm-hmm. with her uh, missing, presumably eaten baby that uh, they would have personally displayed. But yeah, she was attacked too. a lot of people wanted to suggesting that it was intentional on her part. Uh, but my understanding is that uh, she's, she's been cleared of any malfeasance. The dingo lady. Right. That was that was years ago decades yeah that preceded you know casey anthony or anything like that uh that would have been back in the late 80s or early 90s i don't know it's certainly a seinfeld reference yeah yeah we all know that one (laughs) but they did find evidence later um a a torn garment in a a, i don't know dingo lair so that's uncommon for dingoes to attack but they will just like any any domesticated dog right uh yeah i uh not not having a deep dive uh, on it like you're doing. Um, some things that come to mind is what we heard about when it came to the interrogations of uh, the West Memphis Three uh, back oh, in the 90s. Lord. Those, those oh. teenage boys. Yeah, I saw all three parts of Paradise Lost. I yeah. highly recommend. Yeah, and uh, there, are were... le- there are lessons to be learned today every time there's a satanic witch hunt, which rears its head. Right. You know, in cycles. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, it was all very fucking shameful actually to like to see law enforcement act uh act out in that way and uh they were locked up for what 20 years almost or right right around 18 19 years something yeah um i I believe they've all gotten out now and uh damian nichols has been on um that show midnight gospel that was amazing that episode with him in it Uh, damian nichols has become certainly an interesting man yeah is it nichols or eccles eccles that's right I've been uh, listening to a lot of Sebado this last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just something that I had kind of forgotten about and uh, heard some earlier this year with family. And, uh, yeah, I've been listening to a little bit of that. And then also uh, this uh, other guy, uh, Jeff Rosenstock, 
which has a handful of albums out, and uh, I'm just now finding out about them. There's one from 2016 that's really great. So I'll probably throw some cuts from maybe both of those bands, uh, you know, on on this show on the radio cut. Um, if you don't hear them and you're like, hey, this sounds like our good friends of Spectrostatic, that's because you're going to be listening to the podcast cut uh, with with other friends of ours. So go check out the radio cut so you can hear uh, everything on blacksparrowmusicparlor.com streaming or in the app or wherever you get internet radio. More of that in the bump later for this show. But by the time you're listening to this on podcast, it will be too late to have done so. But you Hey, man, keep it in mind for the future is what I'm saying. We air on sunday nights at mm-hmm. 9 p.m uh monday nights at 9 p.m mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh central Z- central uh, cowboy time as we say yeah but uh let's uh, go ahead and start uh talking about some rules So, uh, I heard about just the other day, uh, over in China, there is a a group of engineers, aeronautical engineers that are uh, all getting together and they're plotting out the feasibility, uh, and taking the, the very first steps at, uh, creating a building, a, uh, spaceship in orbit because it will be extremely large. Uh, there's no way that it working would, on the Death Star. Yeah, there's no way that it would be able to escape Earth's gravity because it would be, in theory, uh, miles long. They're talking about uh, building a ship that can uh, ideally travel to other solar systems and actually be able to harbor large amounts of people for e- extremely long periods of time for extended, uh, I guess, like interstellar travel okay. is the idea. And so the ship would always just be in orbit wherever it is. That's pretty dope. It's called a Tiangong. It sounds like science fiction. Yeah, this is the same kind of sci-fi that we had seen a lot in the uh, '60s, uh, right after you know the space age. 
and we started seeing a lot of sci-fi really blow up with these ideas. Uh, there is a uh, people of the long sun or whatever, hmm. and it's by that guy. Uh, hey, go. She's fine. She's fine. But yeah, it's that good old stuff, and I feel like it's about time, right? Like if we've been theorizing and, and using this as a as an entertainment and a thought project for. 60 70 years yeah but do you really think china can do it hey we'll never know until we try i mean it really is one of those things that uh, it, it is such a massive endeavor it's understandable why nobody's made the steps on it over the last you know uh, 50 60 years or whatever uh but we're not going to learn how to do it until we start trying to do it so anybody that does believe in uh humanity's right to uh go to the stars and uh you know Escape this dying planet. Escape uh, the dying planet. Good news for you. I don't necessarily think that it's a great idea for us, but who knows? Who knows what we'll learn on the way? It could be that we actually get to new solar systems and we've developed entirely new philosophies uh, that that have helped us mature as a species. Maybe it's possible. So. And um, this sounds like it could be a multi generational project, uh, much like be, much yeah. like the Great Wall or the pyramids at Giza. Oh yeah. So on that vein, uh, for anybody who is interested in that, I will do. I will give you a quick. Uh, I guess if you're living in space in the future, or you want to train up for that, or you or your younglings. Oh man, I didn't know we were doing space hacks. I have nothing prepared. Yeah, just a couple. First off, uh, obviously zero gravity. No guarantee there's going to be any fucking gravity in space. So practice up for that. Um, if you could maybe swing from a rope for a while. Um, <laughs> I don't know, maybe do a lot of swimming that's kind of like lower gravity uh, and also that helps with breath control that'll probably that'll probably be good you know do a lot of underwater somersaults should we reopen space camp for the younglings oh absolutely yeah yeah uh we should actually do it's too late for us we should do a reboot of that movie space camp uh <laughs> i'm ready for part two shit mm-hmm. also um star maps go ahead and start getting those star maps together and memorizing them uh, you're going to have to know those innately. You're going to have to be able to navigate. You're going to have to navigate and you're going to have to know. Your star to... map is going to get sucked into the void of space and you're just going to have to know this stuff. Yep. Yeah. And uh, also the stars are going to move around. You're going to know how to make star maps as you're moving along and the stars look different as you as you travel among them. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, some star maps. And uh, last thing I've got on here is uh, theremin. I think it's going to be super important to learn how to play the theremin if you're living so. in space, uh, yep. <laughs> because you're going to have you're just going to need that background for whatever kind of spooky encounters. Yeah, uh, and just to really kind of set the mood, I think theremin, again going to like zero g, it's a it's an instrument that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, for the gravity the zero g of space and everything. And probably played in a vacuum pretty easily. For everyone who has to go on a spacewalk to fix some defective piece of equipment out there, I will be the one safely inside playing the theremin through everyone's earpieces. Yeah, yeah. Space I am terrified of space. Um, yeah. What was the movie? Gravity. It, Gravity. Oh, yeah. that was so difficult for me to watch, and I saw it in theaters. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I was just like trying not to hyperventilate. Yeah. I think this comes back from me being a kid and reading Ray Bradbury's The Illustrated Man. And, of course, there is uh, one of the short stories in there. You do have someone slowly dying in the void of space. Also speaking on, I guess, uh, stuff going on in other parts of the world, just fun stuff. There's a new little island off the coast of Japan uh, because of an underwater volcano that blew up and just caused uh, caused some land to surface in the sea there. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if they got any plans on what they're going to they're going to put on it or anything 
But uh, con- congratulations, Japan, on your new island. You had a little baby. Congratulations. <laughs> Maybe wipe that off before you do that. Yeah. And after. There you go. Well, uh, and I guess more silliest news, but steer- more serious news, <laughs> but also silly. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's silly, actually. It's kind of sad. Uh, you know our Attorney General, uh, one Ken Paxton. I always get Ken Paxton and Ken Pullman confused. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the one that was not in Independence Day. Gotcha. So if you'll recall, there's been a lawsuit against him for some time for uh, bribery and uh, abuse of power. And uh, these accusations were made by about eight people, former staff members and aides in his office. Something about him covering up for a friend of his uh, who's having an affair and some other such. And that's what the bribery was. Mm. And then also, you know, those people were uh, harassed and and everything else after they came forward with the accusations. And so most of them have quit or have been fired by his office. Pretty much all of them, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Well, because he's the attorney general, that means that his office is in charge of this investigation, I guess. And good news, he's cleared. He's totally free and clear, uh, as his own office uh, has said, of, of any wrongdoing uh, in this. There is still a civil lawsuit about it. <laughs> it's just that his office has uh, cleared him of any wrongdoing in this uh, bribery and abuse of power hmm. case. So, uh, yeah, you got this dude uh, doing, as, as we all expected him to do, of just denying everything and, uh, you know, saying, no, I'm totally free and clear here's the funny thing though that has also come out unrelated i guess is that uh, uh homeland security and uh, i believe the fbi are now subpoenaing 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 him and his office uh in relation to communications around the january 6th insurrection they are subpoenaing mm-hmm. well, that is awkward mm-hmm. to say isn't it yeah, they are soliciting information uh, with subpoenas from Ken Paxton. Yeah, in his office, because apparently uh, some some of the communications specifically they want is between his offices and the White House, uh, leading up to January sixth, uh, because he did speak. Uh, he was one of the speakers uh, with uh, Donald Trump and a handful of other people whenever they had their uh, rally there, basically. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, no, and he said, uh, you know, something to the effect of, you know, this isn't over, we're Texans, we fight like hell. You know, Remember just the Alamo. A lot of that fucking rhetoric that everybody was, you know, Giuliani with trial by combat and everything else. Like, just, he, he had his hand in all that rhetoric at the same time. Yeah, man, whole lot going on there. People are really worried about, uh, right now, of, of more violence maybe coming up in September when there is uh, not only the 20th anniversary of September 11th, but uh, I believe just a few days after that, there is actually going to be a uh, rally by the right as a commemoration. They're, you know, they're saying that they have, uh, there's political prisoners, all these people that have been arrested uh, over the Capitol riots. And so they want to hold a rally and ask for, you know, their freedom, which, you know, I'm not going to deny that they're political prisoners, but I think that it's not quite that simple. You're using that, you're using that to like really kind of stoke fires yeah guess what but, they um they have a right to a speedy trial but what has not happened to them is that they have been shuffled off to guantanamo and correct. held indefinitely without charge which yeah. happened to so many people following 9-11 mm-hmm. so let's remember that because that's kind of more what i think about when i think about 
political prisoners. The laws of Guantanamo Bay, uh, they're not the laws. <laughs> Those are it's a whole different set of rules than we're typically using on the mainland here. Of course, you know, the, the American government can use whatever rules it wants to whenever and wherever it wants to. Um, that's kind of how the U.S. government rolls. But what the fuck with Jeopardy, though? Yeah, Jeopardy, after the loss of uh, beloved host Alex Trebek, you know, he had received his cancer diagnosis, so they had plenty of time to start thinking about who they might want to replace him with. He had a couple of suggestions uh, mm-hmm. for people he would like to see when asked uh, after he you know, retires to focus on his health and be with his family. During an appearance at New York's 92nd Street Y Center, Trebek talked about who would be a good fit to take over his hosting gig. He said... It's probably going to be a woman, someone younger, someone bright, somebody personable, somebody with a great sense of humor. So I nominated Betty White. Uh, but then, uh, you know, that's a lot of work for, for Betty White, who even then was in her 90s. Um, he mentioned some more serious candidates, including CNN's Laura Coates, LA King's announcer Alex Faust, and TCM's Ben Mankiewicz. Um, so there's been a series of guest hosts uh, since then. Um, some popular ones include my embolic probably mispronouncing her name uh my uh, bialik uh um lavar burton was a particular fan favorite uh, right. many have lobbied for him uh to there was, there do was it. he only had one week whereas everybody else had yeah. two there was a lot of hype around him before they even announced uh, that he was gonna have a shot at, at guest hosting uh people have yeah been calling for that one but there's been controversy well, even a small amount of controversy around uh, Mayim uh, Bialik, who is mm-hmm. um, may or may not be anti-vax. I don't really have the details she's, on that one. She's gone back and forth. She had uh, posted some kind of slightly innocuous, not really inflammatory anti-vax tweets, uh, but then later also came out and talked about getting the vaccine and you know recommending that people do it but i don't really know much else about her i know she's in mensa which uh our friend jamie loftus has <laughs> told us is a shit show well uh, she does she, i believe she has a uh a phd uh yeah, in neuroscience yeah. so you know she's demonstrated her intellectual abilities of course as we know yeah just because someone is brilliant in uh one specific uh region of of knowledge or well-educated in that doesn't always mean they know everything about everything else. Sure. Uh, nobody nobody would ask Neil deGrasse Tyson to fix their car, probably, um, as far as we know. He doesn't have a lot of experience in that area. Ben Carson doesn't believe in evolution, which is kind Very. of wild when you look at the human brain, which is kind of a kludge. <laughs> but um, that's just my take on it as an ignorant uh, non-brain surgeon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know if there was anything else surrounding her. And she was, uh, I guess, supposed to be... Mainly filling in as whenever they do Celebrity Jeopardy and they do some kind of the special spinoffs. The other person that they wanted to be kind of the more permanent host was uh, this guy that was the executive producer of Jeopardy. I can't remember his name. But yeah, everybody like he's he's photogenic. So whenever he stepped in for a minute to do it, everybody was like, oh, this guy's great. Uh, and after they decided to go ahead and put him as the front showrunner. A lot of stuff about him, uh, his tactics in the workplace and a lot of harassment and everything else that he's known for mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, came to came to light. So they backtracked fully on him and I think on Maya Bialik too. Mike Richards, Mike who is Richards. currently undergoing sensitivity training. <laughs> controversy. And uh, yeah, there is controversy about, uh, you know, the uh, longtime 
Jeopardy winner, Ken uh, Jennings, Ken Jennings, uh, who is yeah. also the host of uh, one of the hosts of Omnibus. Yeah, he's podcast royalty, Ken Jennings. His cohort on that show is uh, John Roderick, also known as Bean Dad. Yeah, so John Roderick is Bean Dad, but Bean Dad, but Ken Jennings uh, never posted a lengthy screed about uh, no, he his did not. daughter, his daughter trying to get into a can of beans. But apparently, and I don't know what, but some of his uh, old tweets and various things have also stood in his way of get getting shot for Why full time. Fuck. Yeah. Are people not deleting their old tweets? Just put. Look, man. Uh, once those tweet tweets are are. are Two years old, auto self-destruct yeah. on your tweets. Yeah, right. Come on, people. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with deleting those tweets. They're going to come back and bite you in the ass. It is ridiculous that something uh, like an old tweet can really kind of derail a person's career. Jeopardy means something to people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I mean, I'm not really a game show person, but Jeopardy has a cultural foot, you know, has left a cultural footstep that no right. other game show can really compete with. And... Um, it's important to people. It matters to people who gets chosen as the host. Alex Trebek was Trebek was a uh, you know a beloved. He's an icon. Uh, icon, American icon. Yeah. And who you replace him with is important. Uh, people are not loving uh, the search for the new host so far. Not loving some of these choices that these yeah, executives yeah. Uh, are making. Which is ridiculous because Lavar Burton is right fucking there. He's right there. He's not working right now. Yeah. It's not like they voice interest to him and he's like oh i'm really busy he's voiced he's interest in it. doing it yeah y'all get your shit together to jeopardy come on you need to frame the way you're looking at your life in the form of a question <laughs> <laughs> and maybe maybe when you figure that out you'll be able to kind of get it together and to our listening audience uh lavar burton might not be your favorite choice as a jeopardy host we want to hear who that is write in and let us know and we'll do a follow-up on the next episode we can fit it in because we're going to be talking about future stuff next week. I know I keep saying that every fucking week. We're going to mm. do a future-centric show, but uh, we'll do it when we do it. Yeah. Yeah, so email us at feel like it. JeopardyFan420 uh, <laughs> at Yahoo. Actually, I don't know don't, who that is. Somebody that. probably has that. Email. That's, yeah, we're trying to show it. I was there to match my intellect on national Also, uh, we needed to bring up OnlyFans. Uh, that's that's been a whole week long uh, load of bullshit from them. Mm-hmm. Um, they announced earlier that they were going to uh, basically, you know, ban any illicit content. Uh, so they would be taking. Uh, and that is, I gotta say, probably probably more, more than more than half of their content. Uh, yeah. or their participants. Yeah, and they had cited. Uh, troubles with outside financing, right, as doing it. And so several days went by. There was tons of backlash. And uh, I think you had mentioned this the other day. Indeed, they backed off. And uh, they said that they had worked it out with uh, 
some of their financiers. Yeah. Uh, where they're not they're not needing to ban any content or content creators. So originally this was framed to me as okay now that OnlyFans has reached this level of success and mm-hmm. they had put out some commercials too that was like yeah actually I could cut one into the show it's like yeah. no well they've got a different platform too that's or that they've tried called like OF of TV or OnlyFans TV and it's supposed to be more like a streaming things that certain people can get onto. Yeah, they're trying to be like, not just for porn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the New York Times had done an investigative report and came out with information that there was uh, coerced or underage um, sex work. Being, I didn't read the report. I unsubscribed to the New York Times recently because it was just, um, I had too much yeah. stuff to read uh, that was piling up. But, um, but yeah, uh, they had come out and said that this was occurring on OnlyFans. Um, as it often does uh, on the, the, you know, the dark parts of the internet that we right. don't like to talk about. And immediately, I think the Visa or MasterCard spokesperson came out and said that they would be no longer cooperating with OnlyFans, which prompted OnlyFans to try to purge the majority right. of, uh, you know, the content that they host. Yeah. Well, I remember that happened with Pornhub, too. Uh that might have been what last year. Yeah, or and, might have you been know, and, this and of course, year. PayPal yeah. has had a long-running policy right. of not um, allowing anyone on their platform to pay for any type of sex work. Mm-hmm. So even though it is legal, like it's legal to do, it's legal to be a consenting adult who creates whatever type of sexual content that you want for money. Mm-hmm. Like you cannot receive payment through any of the normal means of receiving payment. Right. Um, which makes you know it difficult. Obviously, OnlyFans is a. It was probably a godsend for a lot of people uh, who do this type of work during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. In particular, um, yeah. it's a way to work from home. It's a way to do sex work safely and on your own terms. You know, there are long-running right-wing moral crusades uh, to try to stop any and all sex work, and not just protect the children. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. Yeah, there are people that need to be protected. And unfortunately, time and time again, when, you know, uh, laws are drafted to protect the vulnerable. Right. uh, It's debatable whether like how effective they actually are. I think, yeah. And in this case, there was legislation that I think came out in like 2017 that was called the uh, Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers. Mm -hmm. uh, And it, it went through the House of Congress. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, and I think that that's what's kind of being used as the the legal teeth on some of these arguments mm-hmm. about you know being uh, receiving money for sexual content. That's where it's coming from. Is is again, as you say, like kind of under the skies of you know helping uh, helping to stop sex trafficking. Right. But it ultimately, there's a lot of people that kind of fall under uh, the boot on that. You know. Yeah, I had listened to an interview with a woman who had been sex trafficked from the time she was, I don't know, she was probably kidnapped or whatever by this guy when she was like 15 or 16 and made to work for him, you know, along with some other girls. And, mm-hmm. you know, she was taken from city to city and um, not, you know, obviously not allowed to keep any of the money that she made through these, you know, coercive sex acts and uh, was completely reliant on this guy for everything in life and he would also uh, abuse these girls she was in it for years um, got out of it <clears throat> with the help of some organizations that help provide resources for these women that managed to escape and provide them with safe houses and stuff yeah and now finds herself in her 20s not really equipped 
to um, his her previous encounters with cops too was just that she would be arrested for prostitution and it wasn't didn't have any help provided to her. Yeah, was she was treated as the perpetrator and not a victim, right? Mm-hmm. And so now she's got a criminal history too. So she can't get a job anywhere. She can't get a job at Walmart. Around this time, she was able to do sex, go back to sex work, but this time on her own terms and using the Facebook uh, marketplace. And when they shut that down, when they purged Facebook marketplace of uh, business men and women mm-hmm. uh, of that type, she was she's out on her ass again with no options. Right, so, right. you know. She was one of the people that tried to speak to members of Congress and say, hey, this is my story. I I believe that sex trafficking is a problem. I was harmed by it. I'm traumatized by it. But this is not going to help. This is going to make things worse. Right. And he essentially was just told, hey, I'm not I'm not worried about prostitutes. We're worried about the kids. Mm. So sorry. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. We're trying to protect the kids. Figure something out for yourself. And it's like, it's a shame that there, there was no one to protect her when she was a kid. Right. sex workers uh, only fans keep is, on is still, doing still there for you that and, uh, uh, oh oh so necessary work mm-hmm. that society needs to continue grinding along as it does yeah. uh, all, all respect right and uh 
especially so because, and this is, I guess, like the segue into the next segment. Uh, so over the last week, the Supreme Court turned down the proposed uh, extension on eviction moratoriums uh, from the White House. Uh, eviction moratoriums, you know, they started up last year uh, when the pandemic really started hitting and the economy started getting hit hard. Uh, people's ability to work were restricted. Um, so there was an eviction moratorium while people were struggling with uh, the financial aspects and everything else of the pandemic. And that came up to expire uh, recently. I think it's set to ex basically expire uh, at the beginning of September, right? And uh, the Biden administration was trying to file an extension for it. And what happened is the Supreme Court said that the authorization that the CDC is using for this is actually supposed to be passed and approved by Congress. They don't have uh, the the authority to just kind of make this unilateral move for these moratoriums. And so, yeah, the Supreme Court just said, no, yeah, you got to take it through Congress. You have to go through some extra channels and jump through some extra hoops to get that if you want it. So basically what we're looking at is within the next few weeks, uh, potentially thousands of people uh, becoming unhoused. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't really know where it's at, but I know that there are still a lot of people who are on financial assistance for various reasons uh, because of the pandemic. There's a lot of businesses that have closed permanently. Uh, you know, I don't even know where unemployment statistics are at right now, but I'm sure it's probably not fucking great. You know, um, <clears throat> some people have even brought up uh, a kind of obscure law from uh, the 30s, I want to say. the Great Depression era. From right after it. And uh, yeah, and it would authorize essentially the government. It, it falls under eminent domain where uh, private property can be uh, seized and turned into public property in uh, the necessity of a, a public emergency. Hmm. And so, but the idea about that is that you would be taking, <laughs> you would be taking people's houses that are owned by someone and then saying, this isn't your house anymore. It's just now public housing uh, for right. at least for the time being. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, I don't really know that that's the fucking answer either. Uh, it sounds like it's time for a reverse bank bailout, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Um, yeah. So does this mean that we should be maybe converting this recording studio room, um, add adding some beds because we can expect Into to a studio? have some some forced refugees living some living with us uh, no i don't really see that happening i don't think uh the government doesn't eminent domain as much as they used to you know now that now that it's mostly white people everywhere they're they, they're a little bit uh more reticent or less they're more hesitant to uh pull out eminent domain on people you know what i mean that was used to form the country. That's not how we operate anymore, essentially. They, they tried to do it for the fucking border wall. They tried to do recall. it for the wall. And there was, was a lot of pushback. A lot of fucking pushback. And I don't think that ultimately it didn't go anywhere. Uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't end up seizing all the land that they were trying to. Uh, so, um, yeah, that fucking blows. Uh, it's been... Uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's been a, about that wall. It's been a rough week for the Biden administration... But I say that when really it's uh, it's it's been a rough week in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to again dig in real deep to this. Uh, the story has been 
moving along and it's probably kind of everywhere in the news. Uh, we, I will say this though, uh, obviously a couple of days ago, there was the uh, attack at the airport in Kabul, right? And, uh, 13, uh, us service members died in that suicide attack. Oh, wow. I saw though that the entire death toll of that is just shy of a hundred. Oh. It's around 90 something people. Um, and without getting too grim, uh, there's also some reports that were coming from there and mainly on Twitter that there was actually a, quite a bit of panic and uh, everything at the time of the explosion. And they believe some people are saying that a large number of those deaths are uh, unneeded. Those were civilian deaths and they were actually at the hands of uh, military forces. And it was just it was such a scene yeah, the explosion caused a panic and that there was kind of an ensuing slaughter is what some people are saying. So it's fucking horrible. And right now, you know, the uh, American government is still trying to pull some evacuations um, and, and get some people out, even though we pulled out pretty much all of our troops, except for a couple of little areas where we're trying to uh, evacuate uh, some, some people from Afghanistan. Apparently, the original agreement with the Taliban was that those that wanted to leave would be allowed to leave. Right. Now it's looking as if the well, Taliban here's... is concerned about a brain drain that all of the people who've been making the government operate uh, pre- oh, preceding right. this moment yeah. are fleeing and there will not be people to yeah. run it yeah. under S- Taliban rule. There's some things to remember in all of this when it comes to the parties, right? Um, so first off, uh, the Taliban, they've been in control of Afghanistan mostly for decades now, right? Uh, and we could have a whole conversation about the past of Afghanistan and, and uh, the Taliban and the international community. But more recently, um, America has worked and negotiated with the Taliban as the ruling force in Afghanistan quite a bit to try to de-escalate situations. But what's come up more recently is uh, Daesh, also known as ISIS. On this show, in this house, we say Daesh because <laughs> okay. fuck those guys. Thanks for uh, I, me I know. do not recognize them as a state, so I will not call them the Islamic State. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... They're using the term ISIS-K for a certain faction of Daesh over there. In fact, this bombing, Taliban, the Taliban denounced it. And this fact, faction of Daesh like claimed responsibility for uh-huh. it. So what we're really seeing with all the upheaval and chaos is not necessarily coming from the Taliban. It's coming from this other uh, theocratic terrorist organization okay. that has been rising to power pretty solidly over the last few years, right? That's an, another factor to keep in mind. Uh, you know, there is a thing fucking, I don't know, 20 years ago where Zach Galifianakis was uh, doing a bit and playing a piano. And he said, this is my impression of every American woman right now. I'm so mad at the Taliban right now. You know, and it was just this was in the fervor uh, after uh, you know, September 11th. I think that it's really easy to look at the Taliban and everybody automatically thinks, oh, well, yeah, that's, we've been fighting the war with them. They're, you know, warlords and, and, and drug 
drug terrorists and <laughs> like all of this shit. And it's it's well, actually a very complicated situation. Uh, yeah, Taliban does a lot of bad shit. Don't I don't get me think wrong. you really want to be a woman under uh, no, Taliban yeah. rule. I'm not, it's not going to go well for I'm you. I'm not really standing up and defending the Taliban. Let's okay. get that straight. All right. <laughs> but also, it's uh, yeah, it's it is a really complicated, nuanced uh, situation there. And yeah, I don't feel like doing an entire episode on on the history of it. But shit's wild over there in Afghanistan and. Yeah, uh, we're sorry. Hey everybody, this is Joe with that uh, Doctor Recommended Station Break. Uh, we just want to take a moment to say thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for listening to KBSR. Uh, you can go check out all the other stuff on the network. Uh, we've got a new DJ I had mentioned, uh, Jojo Bone. Um, also, I saw today uh, our friend Spooky Juke are on Drinking Texas, which comes on right before us. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're one of the last shows, so I don't know that there's anything specific coming on after us at this point. But uh, yeah, go check out everything else. Uh, also, I want to say thanks to Trevor and the Mental State Fair for the use of the theme song Dying in Texas. And thanks for our man Alex Cuervo of A Spectrostatic for a lot of the stuff that you're going to hear. You can find links to their stuff um, on a lot of the uh, podcast notes. Those podcast notes are composed exclusively by Joe. Hmm. Uh, thank you, Joe. Yeah, I sometimes outsource it to a bot, and uh, I think that it's pretty obvious when I do that. <laughs> Not to me. Uh, I'd also... Um, while we've been recording, uh, Hurricane Ira has made touchdown in Louisiana and Alabama. Right. And uh, as a Category 4. So um, everybody stay safe out there. Um, those that were unable to evacuate, um, if there's any question, you know, be be ready. And, um, you know, have all your prescription meds and whatever else you need in a waterproof bag. And, uh, you know, have a safe upland place to go to. Shit, I don't know what else to say. I was going to say this, this probably isn't going to be another Katrina because the, right. the dams broke. But it's looking like this is the worst hurricane uh, to, to reach landfall in that area yeah. since the 1800s. Louisiana has uh, been dealing with a lot of storm-destroyed areas that they've still not really been able to repair to. So I would say to anybody that is uh, further inland that doesn't think that they're going to have too much to worry about, you know, if you have the time or the resources, uh, consider either giving to um, Red Cross, who is going to be surely doing humanitarian work, like I say, if you're close and you have time, then, uh, yeah, make a trek down there. Uh, take a lot of, you know, bottled water and uh, maybe, you know, preserved food, dried goods. And uh, you're going to be seeing people who probably are evacuating and maybe don't even have cars or anything else. Uh, yeah, look for ways to help out as, as that kind of moves on. Our hearts are with you, uh, everybody that's being affected by this. And we, we hope that you do manage to stay safe and uh, take care of each other. Uh, that's going to do it for the bump. Uh, yeah, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, let's go ahead and just get back into the show. Uh, well, let's try to close it on some positive stuff. There's some uh, kind of breaking news that I heard, I think, just yesterday morning that's really interesting. Uh, some uh, scientists who are looking at um, essentially COVID antibodies, they decided to take it back a tick and they took 
some blood samples from one of the original survivor, one of the survivors of the original SARS outbreak from uh, over a decade ago, and they found antibodies for the SARS-CoV uh, coronavirus or whatever uh, in this person's blood. They then kind of took that model and then applied it to different strains of the SARS coronavirus and found that this older uh, antibody is actually capable of neutralizing every strain of coronavirus that we know. Oh, really? Yeah. So I don't know exactly what it's going to take to get that really operational and on a large scale, but they have found an antibody in an older uh, set of this virus, an an older uh, DNA set of this virus, and they have been able to use that as kind of like a blanket, like catch-all antibody for all of these mutations which have come afterwards, including COVID-19. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, it looks like on the horizon, we might actually have a, a very, very powerful vaccine and might be able to not have to worry about variants pop up that like mutate and it's not going to be like a flu season thing. We might actually have an understanding on how to... Uh, get it get down to it on a base level and really really put up a, good, a strong shield against uh yeah the, the novel coronavirus oh, wow that's that's amazing news yeah so go science yeah i feel like we're all just kind of making peace with the fact that it's going to be with us for the rest of our lives like i mean the, uh, seasonal flu i think that it's probably best to think that way yeah but i think it is also best for medical science to keep working forward on uh Ways, ways to treat it and ways to uh, restrict it and limit it and end it, you yeah, know, for, sure. for whatever we can do. Nice to get a little bit of good news. Yeah. Um, and uh, on that, let's go ahead and uh, talk about some of them future hacks. I do want to come back and uh, we're going to take a whole show uh, when we feel like it mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. talk about some dystopic future movies books art um i just i just watched one last night badlands bad the bad batch oh the bat sorry the bad batch the bat batch uh (laughs) (laughs) batlands uh jason momoa as a bridge person Mm -hmm. uh cannibal Uh uh-huh and uh spoiler yeah this this takes place in kind of a uh, it seems like a lawless sort of prison system uh that is western texas yeah Things happen. Just things occur. Uh, it's not a super tight plot. It's not super tightly written. It's all over the place. It's some beautiful West Texas vistas, though. Not a lot of dialogue, uh, but mm-hmm. some beautiful imagery. Um, if you watch carefully, you might even see a certain Jim Carrey. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Somewhere in that movie. I, I watched this with you, obviously, and I did pick up a couple of things from that movie. Uh, oh, cool. So... One thing that I've noticed that they're doing right is uh, rabbits as a source of food. Yeah. Yeah. Better uh, than long pig. Better than long pig. Uh, they're small. They breed a lot. Uh, probably pretty easy to keep alive and just uh, breed them for eating. You know? Yeah. They didn't. Those did not look like desert rabbits to me. Those look like docile little pet shop bunnies. For sure. Yeah. But, but that's, you know, that's okay. Too. Yeah. Um, also, uh Apparently, drugs will be plentiful, um, so don't worry about being able to have drugs because you're you're likely to find 
a Keanu Reeves style cult leader character who is going to have a drug warehouse and constant rave going on. Uh, and that's, and that's his uh, claim to power. And that's how he, he holds on to his power is that he's a, a, a drug Lord. I would definitely seek out comfort. Yeah. Uh, if I was living in this vast prison system, you don't want to ally no-brainer. yourself with the bridge people. You definitely yeah. want to find comfort. I feel like honestly, uh, being able to be in comfort in that broken wasteland is probably better than anywhere else in the nation because this is the exile and yeah i'm kind of like fuck fuck being a productive part of society going to exile me so i can go live in uh this fucking now the sign says to enter the dream the dream must enter you but i'll tell you i will step up and volunteer to be human (laughs) chattel for keanu reeves (laughs) totally cool with that yeah yeah his place was pretty dope a swimming pool um, but, uh, outside of, uh, just that movie, uh, I did want to bring up some, you know, some more serious things, obviously, uh, things to keep in mind for the future. I think obviously different languages are going to be important. Uh, the more languages you have under your belt, the more likely it is you'll be able to communicate with whoever it is you're coming across. You're going to have to communicate with the Jawas, yeah, the sand people, the Jawas and the sand people. And also that gives you an option to, uh, have have your own secret language whenever you're around somebody who doesn't speak Jawa or whatever. You know what I mean? Also, um, build up a, uh, I have the words here, science library, but I guess maybe just like a general knowledge library. Like uh, here in this house. In this house, we have a couple of dictionaries. And then we have a science dictionary, which is just a glossary full of terms. We do have that room of the house where we keep everything from the internet that we print out. We've been trying to print out the, <laughs> we've been trying to right. print out the whole internet. Yeah, I think we're going to have to put another wing on the house. Yeah, yeah, because um, we don't discriminate. It it all goes in the room. Yeah, and it sucks. We're we're going alphabetically, and so <laughs> uh, right now we're we're still on four chan. <laughs> <laughs> It's taking fucking forever. <laughs> that um, is a worthy endeavor. Yeah, um, but yeah, build up, build up uh, your own little uh, science library. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be handy. You're gonna want that knowledge. Uh, yeah. Um, also, you might want to have a Thunderdome handy. Um, <clears throat> there's no telling what kind of a what kind of entertainment you're gonna have available, and b what what you want to do with the uh, stragglers that that come around. You know what I mean? And uh, maybe maybe it's a punitive thing, uh, maybe it's an elected thing for entertainment, a la you know uh, American Gladiators. Mm-hmm. But you and know. it's just really the best way to solve any dispute: two man enter, one man leave. Yeah, problem solved. Problem solved. Oh yeah, another thing that I picked up. I I was actually thinking about this anyway, but it was in the Bad Batch skating. Uh, we <laughs> Lots had talked of skateboarding. About, we had talked about bikes before. Uh, hey, skateboards are also good. They don't need any power or anything else. Uh, it's just a board and some fucking wheels. Yeah, good way to get around. And um, the last thing that I have on here is more of a, a warning. Good way to get around if you've just got the one leg <laughs> yeah. and the one arm. <laughs> one thing maybe that I think we're going to need to watch out for. I think that whenever everything crumbles and now it's going to be kind of like a race for everybody and every click and every kind of tribe will need to be battling for their own uh, type of uh, supremacy. Right. And one thing that I really worry about is uh, a large resurgence in ska bands. 
Mm, yeah. And I think that there's probably going to be concerning. roving packs of rude boys uh, just out there. They'll, they'll get up into your settlement and just skanking all over the place. Yeah, it's going to be annoying as fuck. So make sure you shore up defenses against ska bands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should probably start passing laws now. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, quick question, though. If you... If you want to take a second and not look to the future, but rather look to the past, uh, mm-hmm. New York City in the 80s, which roving band of uh, New York City gang would you want to be a part of? Are we talking about the Warriors? The Warriors. Okay. Um, hmm. I, I mean, I'm trying to remember the baseball clowns. There's, Yeah, the baseball clowns were a little much, right? <laughs> they're, they're reaching for identity. Uh, like I really thought that the Warriors, uh, our protagonists, were pretty cool. The Warriors are great, but they yeah. need a little more branding. Yeah, it's honestly uh, I haven't seen that in so long. I can't really remember what all, all the rest of them looked like. I yeah, I remember the face painted baseball guys mainly. Yeah, some wild fucking gang outfits. The mimes. The mimes. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was like a barbershop quartet gang. Bunch of guys in like you know striped button-up shirts and handlebar mustaches. Yeah, and they'll have like lead pipes and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, those those guys are cool. Gangs in New York. Mm-hmm. It's a good look. Yeah. Oh man, gangs in New York. That's the shit right there. Yeah, I could yeah. go that style. I think that we could all, okay, learn something from the past. Look at how. Uh, go watch the Martin Scorsese uh, epic Gangs of New York, and just pay attention to that first five ten minutes. Where the fucking rat people are coming out of the sewer going to war. That is the best part of the movie, That'll, in my opinion. Yeah. That's all you need to watch. Yeah, well, I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> does put in a really fucking grand performance uh, yeah. as this absolute fucking madman. Can I say something controversial? I find Daniel, Day- Daniel Day-Lewis's performances labored. Oh. That's why he's not my favorite actor. I feel okay. like he's really working. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I could see that. I mean, I haven't seen, uh, what was it, Lincoln? Uh, and and some of his other bigger works. Uh, th- was he in There Will Be Blood? Yes. Yeah, I only saw parts of that, and it looked yeah super fucking intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair though. I personally, I don't, uh, I don't like Leonardo DiCaprio. Fair. I think he's a great actor, but not always someone that I enjoy watching. Yeah. I kind of like watching him more whenever every now and then he'll play like a kind of a scumbag or like uh, your anti-hero as opposed to like your uh, like his role in Inception was a little bit too much and a little bit too Leonardo DiCaprio for me. I mean, his role in Django Unchained. Oh, yeah, that was fucking that was wild. (sighs) Yeah. Well, anyway, this is not a Leonardo DiCaprio fan cast, so we can move on from there. I will say, though, that obviously his best role was Romeo and Juliet. But yeah, uh, them's them's my future hex. Them's the news, I believe. That's eating Gilbert Grape is what I'm going to say. Them's the show. I guess that's the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, for listening in. Uh, uh, obviously, we need to give our shout-outs to KBSR for having us on the network. Uh, thank you to Trevor and the Mental State Fair for use of that theme song, Dying in Texas. Apparently, he's in Detroit right now. What? Yeah, just right after we got back. Um, thanks to Alex Cuervo of Spectrostatic for giving us a lot of the cuts that you're going to hear here and there. And uh, thanks to you, the listener, for staying so dedicated to our show. Yeah, that's right. We, uh, we really enjoy this intimate time that we spend with you. Hmm. And hey, let's do it again next week. Yeah. Cool. We'll make a day out of it. I'll, uh, I'll be in touch.
<laughs> Later. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Sit down.